You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The pitch, a swing and a drive, deep left field. Welcome to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. That ball is hit hard and deep to left field, backing to the track, to the wall, and it's gone! It's a grand slam! Now, Matt Pauley, Mike Claiborne, and the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. Wainwright picks out the sign. The pitch is swung on a miss. Turn to second base, strike him out, throw him out, double play. On the Cardinals Radio Network. It's once again that time of the week as we do welcome you into Countdown to Opening Day alongside Mike Claiborne. My name's Matt Pauley. We've got a lot coming up over these next two hours. And, Claibs, this is a big week for the Cardinals with both winter warm-up and the Cardinals caravan coming up this weekend. Yeah, it's the beginning, really, for me, of the baseball season in St. Louis. Uh, when you have the warm-up and the caravan, Cardinals uh, not only in St. Louis but around our listening area. We'll have a chance to press the flesh with some players and some broadcasters, and, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we haven't had it in a while, so I know a lot of people are anxious to get it going. And after that, Matt, the next thing you know, there's spring training, then there are games, and then there's opening day, and the beat goes on. This period moves really, really fast. So as far as this weekend goes, and we'll talk a little bit more about it as this uh, two hours goes by, Winter warm-up will be taking place Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This year it's going to be uh, combined between Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium. And then the uh, there's six separate caravans that are going to be going out all throughout Cardinal Nation. You can head to uh, cardinals.com slash caravan to get uh, all those uh, dates and all those locations. It's going to be my first time going out on a caravan. That. I'm excited now, for where that. where are you headed I am going to Paducah, Kentucky, Marion, Illinois, Evansville, Indiana, and to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's a good trip. Yeah. Yeah. You you get a chance. The fun thing about it is, and what Matt's talking about, Cardinal Caravan, uh, it'll be players, broadcasters, Cardinal employees. They're all on a bus. So you really get to know the the younger players than in, than in organization, some of the current players, and then some of the former players. And it's a great bonding time because when the season starts, they'll know you, you'll know them. But also, they'll stop off in those locations you mentioned, sign autographs, maybe do a Q&A as well. And uh, it's a good time for everybody to just kind of get out to meet each other. And as I mentioned, we haven't done it in a while, so it'll be a lot more fun this year. You're a man of style, so I need some advice from you on something. Go, go for it. Going to Evansville, Indiana, my first ever pro baseball broadcasting job was in Evansville for the independent Evansville Otters. We won a championship that year. I have an Evansville Otters championship ring. Should I rock that thing I think you when, rock when I'm in Evansville? Yeah, I think you should rock okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I All think, right. I think it's only fair. And uh, <laughs> is, is the team still there? Team's still there. You should rock it. Okay. You, you don't have any paraphernalia or anything, do you? Uh, I don't know no where that would be. merchandise or anything? Not that I know of. No. You got to rock it, man. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if we're on in Evansville at this show. If we are, come see me, and I can show you my Evansville Otters championship For those break. who didn't have one, this is, a, this is a chance to see one up close and personal. Big time. Now, do you wear it at all? No. I, I have three championship rings. You have World Series rings, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a peon compared to what you've got going on here. Uh, but I have a championship ring from the – uh, Frontier League, from the South Coast League of Professional Baseball, and from the Midwest League, and I never wear any of the rings. I've got World Series and Super Bowl rings, and I can't remember the last time I wore any of them. Yeah. First of all, they're pretty gaudy. They're, you know, and I'm not a ring wearer. Anyway. I don't have the gaudy problem with yeah. my rings. 
<laughs> well, I know people who wear, you know, and here's the thing. Wearing those rings or just having them is something you'll never forget. Yeah. The, the experience that you had involving being part of a championship. And I, I don't really care what level it's on. When you're part of that and you have an organization that thinks enough of you to give you a ring, because there's some organizations and athletic programs that don't do that. So uh, it, it's it's something you'll truly cherish, but there's nothing like the World Series ring, which we are hoping to get this year in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. So part of that is what the roster is going to look like, obviously. There's been a lot of talk about whether or not uh, there's going to be another move made this year here in the offseason. John Mazalock was on our flagship station, KMOX, uh, this past uh, weekend uh, with Tom Ackerman on Sports on a Sunday. want to play this for you, Klaibs. The reaction to this honestly hasn't been amazing from Cardinals fans, but we'll play this for you and I'll get your thoughts. You know, one of the things that, that you know, we did have an opportunity to increase payroll, which it will be higher than what we played at last year, so that's, that's fact one. And and number two is, you know, just because you have resources, you're not just going to go spend it wildly on something that you know, doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we, we knew what we had to accomplish this offseason. We went into it with with the hopes of doing it. Um, and then as, as other things presented itself or, or unfolded, it just didn't get to the point where we were excited enough to, to necessarily do it. And, you know, that might, you know, depress people or disappoint people, but, you know, my responsibility is, is to uh, um, adhere to the franchise, adhere to ownership and, and do what, you know, we think is best for, for putting together a winning club. And, you know, I, I do think we're we're all, we are in a unique situation, maybe relative to other teams, where we do feel like we have some some emerging talent, up and coming talent, and you know we just don't want to to go down a path where we don't create that opportunity and then regret not having that opportunity for individuals um, as we enter 2023. I have no problem with what he said. Yeah. Now here's the thing. When you said they increased the payroll, yeah, you increased the payroll because, okay, you went out and paid more for a catcher. We get that. And there are other players whose contracts will increase that's already on the roster. So it's it's kind of a play on words, increasing the payroll. But the on the other side of that coin, this is where I agree with John. First of all, what player out there right now do you think can help your ball club where you want to spend that kind of money as a free agent? Nobody. That's my point. I would rather see, if you're going to spend money, let's spend it when we need to, if necessary, during the season, be it a trade and picking up a contract that way. I don't think it makes a real big difference as we talk in January compared to what this team is going to look like. Because I, And the other thing is, and this is where the Cardinals have had great success and a good reputation within baseball, they give their people a chance. The minor leaguers who come through here, they get a chance to play. And whether they play well or not, that's up to them. But that's something the Cardinals have always done. They're going to look within first. If not, why do you even have a draft? You know, we've seen other teams who've been so bad because they haven't drafted well. Cardinals have drafted well. Where you look at their roster, there's a lot of homegrown product on their roster. So, again, I'm very comfortable going into spring training with – who we are now and then getting a look at who can play and then getting a look and saying, all right, we're going to need some help in this area. And that way you have enough assets to make a deal 
to go get something that you may need that you didn't encounter thinking that you were going to have to have at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm on the same page with you. What really jumps out to me, first off, I think they want to give Jordan Walker every, every opportunity. Chance, yeah. And if you go sign, say, a left-handed bat that you can put in the outfield that you have to carry because you've spent some money on him, that can limit the opportunities, and that guy's going to be available. There's some questions going in this year. Can Tyler O'Neill go back to who he was a couple years ago? Does Lars Newtbar continue to do what he did in the second half of the season? Does Dylan Carlson take a step forward? Does Nolan Gorman take a step forward? Does Brendan Donovan uh, continue on from where he was at last year? You want to get maybe a little bit of an idea to the answer to all those questions, and then you can make that next move. I agree. Yeah. And so, and I think that's where we're at. I know fans want more, but it's January. Let's just <laughs> settle down. You know, if we're having the same discussion in July, then maybe you have something. It's January. And I think they want to go through spring training and get a, as long of a look at some people as they can. Because as you mentioned some guys, I think one of the most intriguing elements is with a balanced infield now, what kind of second baseman is Nolan Gorman compared to Brendan Donovan? Because one of those guys is going to be at second base at some point during the year. And if that's the case, then is Nolan Gorman your left-handed DH? And that's, that's a lot to ask of a guy who's very young, who has a problem with the strikeout, to be a sporadic DH compared to a guy who plays every day. So, But the, the option that you have is the versatility of Donovan, Edmund, some other guys on the ball club who can play multiple positions. And so I think that's going to be the fun element about what spring training is going to look like because there are going to be, there are going to be some guys that are going to get some more bats and they better do something with them because if not, they're going to move on to somebody else. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show. We've got a lot coming up across the Cardinals radio network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on King of OX. Countdown to opening day rolling on here across the Cardinals radio network. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Be one of the first fans to catch the Cardinals in 2023 at spring training. Cardinals Vacations makes it easy to get to warm, sunny Jupiter, Florida by being your one-stop shop for spring training travel. Make your plans today. Call Cardinals Vacations at 800-892-7687 or online at cardinals.com slash vacations. It was really fun to watch this guy play, especially during the second half of the year. Next year, he's really being counted on to be a big part of what the team is going to do this year. That is Lars Newtbar. He joins us right now. Lars, thanks for taking uh, some time with us. How's your offseason going? And it's going good. Uh, you know, down in in, in Southern California, um, you guys over in St. Louis don't really know anything about weather, but we've been getting hounded with some with some rainfall down here, man. That's right. So it's, uh, you know, we get those four seasons down here in L.A., not like you guys, but uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, well, rain's better than snow. Take take my word for it. You don't have to shovel <laughs> rain. Couple, yeah, we get a couple of drops out here. Everybody starts freaking out. So yeah, but it's you know, man, off season's been good so far. So for an off season for you, what what did you want to try and be better at as you go into spring training? What did you take away from this past season? Yeah, you know, um, I, honestly, when, whenever anybody asks me that, you know, it's it, it's all facets of the game. Um, for me, obviously, you know, I want to get faster. I want to get stronger, but. Um, you know, I, w- I want to make sure that, you know, my swing is getting fine-tuned every day, you know what I mean? So I, I work, you know, really hard at, at making sure my swing's in a good spot. Uh, I've been doing an arm care program, making sure that, you know, my arm strength is getting better too. 
um, and, you know, making sure I'm eating right, doing everything like that, but um, making sure I'm taking care of my body. So really, you know, I think that uh, every part of my game can get better and should get better. And so, um, you know, obviously there's specifics. And when I'm doing my hitting stuff, I'm focused on my hitting. And when I'm doing my arm share, I'm worrying about, you know, worrying about that. But I'm hoping that uh, the work that I'm putting in is going to kind of carry over to, to, to all parts of the game. I had a conversation with Andrew Eight from Driveline Baseball recently. I know you do a lot of work with them. How important is the offseason for you being able to kind of make those tweaks and make the changes that you want to do before the season? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it's huge. You know, obviously to get an extended period of time to kind of break things down and, you know, rebuild them. Um, you know, I, th- I think the, the time off is, is massive, you know, in terms of, you know, developing and uh, getting getting to a spot that you want to get to in the season. You know, you kind of get in the rat race a little bit. And for me, um, the all-star break was a huge was a huge thing for me. And I had Andrew and my other buddy John come down to L.A. and, and hit with me and and kind of have a mini, mini version of the offseason to kind of get myself back into a place where I think I needed to be. And so um, to get an extended period of time, go out there, work with him. And then um, I'm in constant contact with him every day in the offseason. You know, he's getting me right with my drills. I'm sending him videos and stuff. And so – um, yeah, you know, Andrew, Andrew's a good dude, man. I'm, I'm excited to work with him more this year, too. Lars Newtbar is our guest. Speaking of working with, you're going to work with Brandon Allen, a person you work with in Memphis, who's now the, going to be the assistant hitting coach for the Cardinals, along with Turner Ward. Uh, for you, what did you take away from working with Brandon in the minors? Yeah, I, uh, Brandon, Brandon's obviously a smart guy. You know, I'm excited to work with him. First time I, I worked with him was in Double uh, A, and that was like. Uh, Brandon Allen was like the dude in the minors that everybody was kind of, you know, always wanted to work with. And so, um, obviously he comes from a background where, where he's played the game before, you know, he's, he's, he's been there and done that. And so that, that part of it's huge, but he's also a guy that's, uh, you know, he's, he's always going to be willing to listen. And, uh, anytime you go to him with any sort of feedback or whatever you're feeling, he's, he's a guy that, that isn't hard headed and in his way is the highway. You know, I, I was going in there in 21 and had some funky stuff cause I was working with John and, and Andrew, you know, before that. And so, he was always willing, you know, as long as I had a plan and understanding that, that he was always willing to help me and he's always in the cage willing to work. And so uh, I'm super excited about for, for B.A. to to get that spot and, you know, us, us to, to keep working with each other like we did in the past. I don't know how much you pay attention to what's being said in the offseason, but John Mosellock to us in the media has been very clear that he views you as an everyday outfielder on this team this upcoming season. Obviously, you still got to go out, you got to play, you got to perform. But how good does that make you feel to know that the organization views you that kind of way? Yeah, obviously, it, it's huge, you know, and, and confidence is a big thing in this game that, you know, gives, gives me confidence. But like you said, um, you know, it's all good, but then you got to go out there and perform. And so uh, I really do appreciate that from Mo. You know, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't see all the things. So when I talk to Ollie and you know, here and there in the offseason, you know, he'll, he'll send me or he'll say some stuff and I, you know, I act like I know what he's talking about, but I, I'm not even on Twitter. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what's being said, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of that thing where um, obviously I'm super appreciative and I, I don't want it to go, you know, thinking that, you know, I don't care about that because I do. And, that, and that's huge for, for me to hear that, you know, from Mo, but at the same time, it's like I, now, okay, now, now it's on me. Now I got to do what, what he's saying and, and I got to perform the way I, you know, I believe I can perform and, and making sure that I can be a guy that, you know, him and Ollie and, and then obviously, you know, like Nolan and Goldie and those guys can look at and be like, all right, you know, this is our guy, you know, he's, you know, he's somebody that we can trust every day. And so, um, you know, I, I hold that, you know, personally, that that's something that I, that I look forward to and that, you know, I, I put upon myself to, to not, you know, let those guys down. 
Lars, you, you were part of a lot of things that happened last year. It was a magical season in a lot of a lot of ways until we played in the playoffs. What was the one thing you took away? I mean, you watched Albert hit 700 home runs. You watched Corey Dickerson have 10 hits in a row. And there was so many other things that took place, not to mention Paul Goldschmidt winning the Most Valuable Player Award. So was there one thing in particular or maybe a couple of things for you that you took away from that season that you will always cherish? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, I, I think seeing seeing Albert, being able to play with Albert is something that um, I, I think I'll, I'll take for the rest of my – obviously I'm going to take everything, but but just being able to say that I was a teammate of his and, and watched him hit 700, and, and he was a guy that I grew up idolizing and, and grew up watching, um, that that's something that's, that's special to me. Uh, obviously, you know, being a part of – um, Wayno and Yachty and starting that 325 that, that was that was pretty cool too and, and so um, you know those are the two things that, that I'll that I'll cherish forever um, but yeah like you said man it, it, it was a pretty pretty crazy season and, and when you have the league MVP and he's usually the third third or fourth top of the conversation during that season mm-hmm. it's a pretty pretty magical season and so um, you know, just being able to be Albert's teammate, watch him get 700, and then see him work day in and day out, um, you know, at his age, at his stage in his career, that, that's something that I'll also remember too, man. The conversations that we had in the cage and in the dugout and, and just being able to watch him do his thing, that's something that um, I'll remember forever. Has there been much communication with you? You could be in center field, you could be in right field jumping around. Like, do, do the Cardinals communicate with you going into the offseason of maybe what their plans kind of are going into the year? Uh, I think it was, it, was, it was mainly just like, you know, be ready for anything type, type of deal. You know, they weren't very specific about, about anything, and, and I don't think they, they, they need to be really. You know, they, I don't think they know, and like, like I said before, I just need to go out there and play my best. And so um, I'll be ready for whatever it is, you know, rule, um, shoot, you know what I mean? If they need me playing catcher. I'll get back there and you know squat down too. But it, it's really, it's really just you know I, I'm 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 a in the time of my career where I just want to help you guys win. You know, I, and so um, whether that's you know right, center, left, what, whatever it may be, you know, I, I just want to go out there and and play well, play hard, and, and help you guys win. Um, in terms of specific details, I I, I got none for you, but um, you know I'm just going to try and go out and then you know win a job and and wherever that is, that is. He is Lars Newtbar. He'll uh, be at winter warm-up. He'll be on a Cardinal caravan. Lars, thank you so much for uh, the time, and we'll see you coming up this weekend. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Lars Newtbar joining us here on Countdown to Opening Day across the Cardinals radio network. On the way next, we have our snapshot segment as we relive one of the great games of this past season. As we continue on in just a moment, it is Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals radio network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Now, 
countdown to opening day continues across the Cardinals radio network. It is time for our snapshot segment. So many amazing things happened during the 2022 season. We've taken the opportunity this offseason to look back at some of those specific moments. So we'll go ahead and turn back the clock to June 14th. The Cardinals are playing a doubleheader that day against the Pirates. Game one goes pretty well. Cardinals win by a 3-1 score. Paul Goldschmidt hits a home run in that game. Remember that. Pretty good pitching performance as well. Matthew Libertor, five innings without giving up a run. And then four relief pitchers combined to go four innings, giving up just one run. As good as all that was, it was even better in the nightcap of the Twin Bill as Miles Michaelis is on the mound for the Cardinals. He comes out in the first inning, gets a couple outs, two outs in the inning. He faces off against Jack Sawinski. Three infielders on the right side. The pitch, a swing and a miss. He strikes out going for the high hard one. One, two, three for Michaelis against the Pirates. In the bottom of the first inning, the Cardinals would give Michaelis more than enough run support for the day. It all starts with the first pitch thrown to leadoff hitter Tommy Edmond. Wilson pitching for the third time this year against the Cardinals. He deals, and there's a long one. Right field, Tommy Edmond down the line. It's deep. It's gone. A gunner for Edmond on the first pitch in the bottom of the first. That's Tommy's second home run on this homestand. After a single off the bat of Brendan Donovan, Paul Goldschmidt stands in. Goldschmidt, the league's leading hitter at 338. He has 14 home runs, 51 runs batted in, an on-base percentage of 420. The pitch by Wilson, a swing and a high fly ball to center field. Drifting back on it, Reynolds at the wall. He jumps, it's gone! That's gone! Up on Freeze Landing! A home run in the first game to the batter's eye in center field, and one in the second game. 3 nothing Cardinals with nobody out in the bottom of the first. So the Cardinals take a 3 nothing lead to the top of the second inning. Miles Michael is back out there. Does hit a batter by a pitch, but it really doesn't matter because Diego Castillo puts one on the ground. Playing up the middle at second base, Nolan Gorman, the pitch. Swinging a ground ball to third. Donovan plants, throws to second, out onto first. Double play! There's another one. And then the Cardinals in their half of the second inning, they're able to uh, continue to add a little bit more run support. Harrison Bader is hit by a pitch with one out. Tommy Edmond gets a base hit. Runners on at the corners for Brendan Donovan, who singles to score Harrison Bader. Tommy Edmond moves to third. It brings up Paul Goldschmidt. The 2-1 pitch, a swing, and there's a fly ball. That's hit to deep left center field. It might go. It's a goner. A two-home run game for Paul Goldschmidt. That's a three-run shot. The Cardinals have just passed six runs and lead 7-0. Five RBIs for Goldschmidt. We're playing in the second inning. Two home runs to center field. He is on fire. The Cardinal fans going crazy here at Bush Stadium. They want a curtain call, not his style. And I don't know if he'll come out or not, but the uh, Cardinal fans certainly want him to. And he has hit four home runs in this series. And Adam Wainwright, there he goes. Goldie to climb the steps. He comes up two steps, waves to the crowd. And it's 7 to nothing, Cardinals. Three in the first and four in the second. What an amazing performance between the two games for Paul Goldschmidt. Another home run for him. A four-run second for the Cardinals. They are off and running. They have a 7 nothing lead. In the top of the third inning, Michaelis back out on the mound for the Cardinals. 
Hoy Park would start that inning off reaching on a uh, throwing error by Brendan Donovan, and then Yu Chang would walk. So the first two hitters of the inning are aboard for the Pirates without the aid of a hit, but the next hitter is Michael Perez. 0-2 pitch is hit hard on the right side, and to second for one, and the double play is completed. That is a six, actually four, six, three. It's a Gorman to Edmund to Goldschmidt covering, and that's exactly what Miles Michaelis needed. Two outs in the inning. Michaelis would get a strikeout to finish things off in the third. It remains a 7-0 score. So we go to the fourth inning, and Brian Reynolds would come up to the plate. He would reach on a fielding error in the inning. Cardinals were not great defensively that day, uh, and the Pirates would actually get a run on the board in the fourth without the aid of a hit. Reynolds getting to second on a uh, fielding error. Then Jack Sawinski, he grounds out, which allows Brian Reynolds to move to third. Daniel Vogelbach then has a uh, RBI ground out, and it makes it a 4-1 to game. So the Pirates have a run on the board, but they still do not have a hit. To the fifth inning we go. Michaelis gets the first two outs relatively quickly. Brings up Chang. Here's a swing and a miss. Strike three on Chang. One, two, three, go the Buccos. Michaelis is really rolling at this point. Two outs in the sixth inning. He faces off against Brian Reynolds. Michaelis has thrown 80 pitches. Number 81 coming up with two outs in the top of the sixth inning. Here it is. Swing and a miss. Struck him out with a pitch up. Four strikeouts for Michaelis. In the sixth inning, the Cardinals add to their run scoring output. Hits from Brendan Donovan and Paul Goldschmidt in front of Nolan Gorman, who doubles, and uh, both those players score. Makes it a 9-1 game. In the seventh inning, a relatively quick inning for uh, Miles Michaelis as he rolls through the Pirates' order, and we move along to the eighth. Michaelis still has not given up a hit. First battery faces in the eighth inning is Diego Castillo. Three infielders between second and third for the right-handed batter. The pitch to Castillo, swing and a miss, struck him out. Now the Cardinals throw the ball around the infield. Five strikeouts for Michaelis. After he faces off against Hoy Park and gets him to fly out, it brings up Yu Chang. The one-two pitch with two outs in the eighth. Michaelis brings it home. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Chang is out on strikes. Six strikeouts for Michaelis. And we're going to the bottom of the eighth. So we go to the ninth inning. Miles Michaelis back out on the mound for the Cardinals, having yet to give up a hit. He's given up a run, but not a hit, as he takes that no-hitter into the top of the ninth inning. He would retire the first two batters that he faces, so he's one out away from a no-hitter facing off against Cal Mitchell. The Pirates have had base runners with a hit-by-pitch, an error, a walk, an error. That's it in game two. One run for the Pirates, nine for the Cardinals. Michaelis has thrown 128 pitches in this outing. By far a season high. Two balls, two strikes. Two outs, the pitch to Mitchell. A swing and a fly ball, center field. Moving back on it, Bader. The ball's over his head and bounces over the wall. The ball bounces up onto the hitter's backdrop. And there's the first hit in the game for the Pirates as Michaelis was one strike away from the no-no. A ground rule double breaks up the no-hitter. Certainly nothing to uh, take away from the day that Michaelis had that day. That would end his day. Packy Naughton would come on to pitch, and Michaelis, of course, would receive quite the ovation on his way out of the game. Michaelis gives the ball to Oliver Marmel. 
who has a, a word with Michaelis, makes the motion to the bullpen. And this pitching change is brought to you by Goodwill. And listen to the ovation for Miles Michaelis, so well deserved. Michaelis leads with a 9 1 lead, but he was a strike away from a no no. He acknowledges the crowd. And boy, if they loved what he's done today, one pitch, one out away, and one foot away from throwing a no-hitter here at Bush Stadium. And then it does not take Naughton very long to finish off the contest. The pitch, there's a ball that's fisted past the mound to Gorman. He has it and throws out Sawinski for a Redbird winner. Finishing off a one-hitter tonight for Miles Michaelis and Packy Naughton getting the last out. So they light up the night. Here in downtown St. Louis, as the Cardinals finish off the sweep of the Pirates, 3-1 to one in Game 1 and 9-1 to one in Game 2. The final line for Michaelis, eight and two-thirds innings, one unearned run on one hit, six strikeouts and one walk. He throws 129 pitches, 81 of which went for strikes, and after the game, he spoke with Mike Claiborne. Our player of the game this evening, Miles Michaelis, a one-hitter, and what a night it was for you. When did you really start to feel like you were in a groove? Because it seemed like tonight you really didn't overthrow. It seemed like you really had great tempo. I felt really good, uh, like starting the fourth, fifth inning. Uh, I feel like my arm was dropped a little bit. Mad Dog came up to me uh, in between innings and told me to kind of get back on top of things, and I think that, that kind of locked me back in. So at what point when you thought about the no-hitter, or did you think about it when nobody in the dugout talked to you? Because you're a pretty talkative guy. Yeah, I, I, I was just telling Jim I don't really like it. I like to talk to guys during the game. I'm a little gregarious, and, you know, no one talked to me kind of stinks. But, I mean, you know, anyone that tells you they're not looking at the scoreboard's lying because I was looking at that zero all game trying to keep it there. For you, you were a guy when I saw you in spring training, you looked like you were in great shape, and I thought maybe that was one of the reasons why you were so durable tonight, especially with the weather conditions. Yeah, I mean, I'm – I'm down there in Jupiter all winter. It stays pretty warm, and my garage gets pretty hot working out, so a little bit of heat's no big deal for me. And I saw you at 94 against your last hitter, so the velocity was still there. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in great shape. I mean, you know, Cardinal staff keeps us in great shape. Everybody in the training room, in the weight room. I mean, every, you know, this, this kind of outing kind of goes to everybody. I would ask you what pitch was working for you tonight, but it appeared that all four of them were working. Yeah, um... I thought the curveball was was really good tonight, and I really like my fastball command. And you know, went with the curveball that last pitch. I really liked it, and you know, I put a good swing on it. So, in all your career being a pitcher, from little league up to the big leagues, have you ever been this close to a no hitter? or Did you have one somewhere else along the line? No, this is this is the closest. That's for sure. Well, it was a great night for you, sir, and I know there's going to be another one for you like this down the road. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Nice work tonight. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Miles Michaelis, our player of the game. Quite the day for Miles Michaelis. Quite the day for Paul Goldschmidt as well. It's the two home runs in the nightcap, three home runs overall during the course of the day as the Cardinals certainly enjoyed themselves on June 14th, and that is today's Cardinals Snapshot. We'll take a break. Much, much more to come. This is Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. Countdown to Opening Day continues across the Cardinals Radio Network and 
Across the radio network, across Cardinals Nation, coming up this weekend, it is going to be the Cardinals Caravan going to uh, many different locations. Happy to welcome on to uh, the program Cardinals Director of uh, Marketing, Martin Coco. Martin, thanks for your time. Hey, glad to be with you, Matt. How excited is not just you, but the entire organization that Cardinals Caravan is back? Well, we're just really excited. You know, it's been a couple of years. This is a longstanding Cardinals tradition that predates me. Uh, which goes back a few years if you predate me. But um, this goes back, as far as we know, to the 1960s or possibly early 70s, uh, this tradition of taking current players and some of our former players out. As as fans know, the Cardinals fan base is not just a St. Louis thing or a Missouri thing, but we're it's a, a really broad, uh, many-state, outer market area that we draw fans from. So this is a fun way for us to bring uh, the Cardinals and, and – uh, players and former players and the message of Cardinals baseball out to those fans who do such a great job all year long of supporting us and coming to Bush Stadium. So some of the uh, caravans will go this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Others will go uh, Sunday, Monday, the entire schedule at cardinals.com slash caravan. Uh, it's, it's really cool because it's an opportunity for kids and families to meet some of the players, get autographs. There's a question and answer session. There's a lot that goes on during these stops. Yeah, we uh, each one of these trips is uh, is emceed by one of our team broadcasters, including yourself for the first time this year. So we're glad to have you on board. Uh, but we do a, a season kind of recap of the previous year, a preview and introduce the players that are there. As you mentioned, a fan Q&A and then autographs for kids age 15 and under. So that's Probably my favorite part of the whole event is getting to see kids come up uh, to the podium and and get to meet some of their favorite players. And there's a real connection there as fans uh, are supporting the team all year long to be able to say, I met uh, Player X uh, earlier this year. It's it's really neat. Yeah. You, as you get older, sometimes you forget. Like, I grew up in St. Louis. I grew up going to Cardinals games, and I can remember coming to autograph days at Bush Stadium and standing in line and how big of a deal it was for me when I would get the chance to, you know, just talk to a player for a moment. And for people who don't live in St. Louis, this is a great opportunity. And it's winter warm-up weekend. In a way, the, the festivities of winter warm-up kind of going on the road. Yeah, it's sort of our little mini version of the winter warm-up on a road trip. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. So the city, we'll just roll through the cities. Jeff City, Columbia, Hannibal, Springfield, Missouri, Joplin, Rolla, Memphis, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Dyersburg, Tennessee, Champaign, Illinois, Peoria, Bloomington, Illinois, Mattoon, Illinois, then Springfield, Illinois, Decatur, Illinois, Centralia, Illinois, and the trip all beyond, Marion, Illinois, Evansville, Indiana, Paducah, Kentucky, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, which is clearly the best of the uh, six caravans here. Well, of course, uh, when you list them that way, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot. So we cover six states Uh, One of the things that's been neat, I've attended these for many years, and one of the things that I always appreciate is our players taking them on the road and having them see sort of the broad scope of how far and wide the Cardinals nation uh, support is. Uh, So, you know, a guy is on the bus for three, four-plus hours, gets off the bus, and there's a ton of Cardinals fans there. It really does show our players and uh, expose to them how far-reaching the Cardinals brand is. If people go to cardinals.com slash caravan, there is phone numbers for each of these locations for more information, but it's it's pretty standard across the board of what's going to be going on in each city, right? That's right, yeah, and we're always excited to take a good mix of our uh, exciting young players. Uh, as you can see on the list here, we've got Gold Glover, Brendan Donovan, uh, Lars Newbar on the trip this year, 
several up-and-coming players who haven't quite made their Cardinals debut yet but are certainly on that top prospect list like Jordan Walker and others. And then a good mix of our former players, which is always fun for folks to get to reconnect with some of their favorites from years past like Rick Ankeel, Bernard Gilkey, and uh, many others. Yeah, it's it's a cool part of what the Cardinals do, and it happens at spring training. It happens at events like these younger players like my group has Nolan Gorman, Matthew Libertor and, and James Nail, And then Jason Mott and Kerry Robinson are there. It's an opportunity for those young guys. And they've already been told this as they come up through the system, but it's an opportunity for some of these young guys to talk to the alumni and get even more of an idea of what it means to be a Cardinal. That's right. Yeah. It's, it, there's certainly, as folks know, the Cardinals alumni uh, support. And uh, we have so many former players that live in St. Louis or kind of in the region. So Having those guys around our current team to sort of continue that tradition is really great. This is great stuff. Martin, thanks so much for your time. Hey, looking forward to having you on the trip, Matt. I'm looking forward to it as well. It is uh, Cardinals Director of Marketing, Martin Coco. We'll take a break, have more in a moment. Countdown to opening day rolls on after this on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Countdown to opening day rolling on here across the Cardinals radio network alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley returning in 2023. Don't miss Cardinals theme tickets. Our top 10 themes are on sale now featuring favorites like Star Wars night, blues night, Margaritaville night, and more additional themes will be released coming up later on this month. Visit cardinals.com slash theme for tickets or more information. Let's go ahead and do our first giveaway of tonight's show. As we start to wrap up hour number one of the program, still a lot coming up in hour number number two, the 2023 Cardinals calendar. It is available for you. This year's edition is a salute to Albert, Yachty, Wayno, and all all the history-making highlights of 2022. If you want to get a copy of it for yourself, all you got to do is be caller number five on our contest line, 314-955-1120. That's 314-955-1120. Coming up in hour number two of the program, we've got a lot coming up. Uh, Jim Duquette, former baseball executive, now part of uh, MLB Network Radio, Cardinals analyst Brad Thompson, Keith Costas from MLB Network, and John Denton from uh, Cardinals.com and MLB.com. They are all going to uh, join us coming up uh, in the hour. Also, just a reminder for you again, it's a big weekend coming up no matter where you live across Cardinals Nation. Winter warm-up will be going on in St. Louis on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. New venue this year as it will take place at both Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium. And then for those of you who are uh, outside of the St. Louis area, Cardinals Caravan, six of them, will be headed out this weekend. All the details at cardinals.com slash caravan. Hour number two on the way on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. We are into hour number two of the Countdown to Opening Day show alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Coming up this hour, we've got a lot to get to. Do want to remind you, though, about the 2023 Cardinals calendar. It is available for you with a salute to Albert Yachty Bueno and all the history-making highlights of 2022. You can find it at Area Grocers or by calling 314-345-9000. Right now, very happy to welcome on to the show a former baseball executive. Now you hear him on MLB. 
MLB Network Radio. He is Jim Duquette. Jim, thanks so much for your time. How are you? Good, guys. How are you doing today? We're doing well. Jim, this has been a very interesting offseason. We saw a lot of money spent. We still see people trying to, trying to find jobs, and there are a lot of good players that are still out there. But in your opinion, who had the best offseason? Well, you know, it, it, there's always you know a team or two that kind of stand out. I think the Phillies, for me, of all of the teams, um, you know, in terms of what they spent, uh, the a number of of guys that kind of fit perfect roles that they needed. So Trey Turner, Taiwan Walker, uh, trading for Gregory Soto, uh, signing Craig Kimbrell. Like you start there, it, it, that's a pretty darn good and full winter overall. And you know, not just the money that they spent, but you know, filling specific needs. I feel like they they were you know the, let's say the number one winner when it comes to that. I, I feel like I'll, I'll throw the Mets in there in the sense that they had a ton of free agents. They had like eight free agents and they replaced each of the free agents that left with, with a, a replacement of some kind, either signing their own or, or you know, elsewhere. So I'll give them credit. I don't think because of the Correa situation that's happened with him signing with the twins now that, um, that they have taken a step forward. I think they probably have stayed even. So I'd say those are the, two that maybe the two teams in particular that stand out the most and it's not an atypical right it's like okay well the, the teams that spent a, a lot of the money or most of the money are the ones that win the winner but as we've seen many many times that doesn't mean they're going to win next year the physical stuff with with carlos correa did you ever have a situation like this with a player where they just where you get the medicals back and it just doesn't it's not something that you're comfortable with you know, it's rare to have. I mean, it does happen more often than people think. Personally, uh, I had a, a situation with Vladimir Carrero Jr. This is, I mean, senior, way back now. This is his dad, uh, the year that he signed with the Angels. This was, I think, 04. We, we had interest in him, and he had a bad back, cranky back. Our guys didn't think that we should pursue him. He signed a, I think it was at the time, a four-year deal with the Angels. Didn't have any issues with the back. With, in fact, with MVP of that year. Um, in, oh, uh, God, was it 04 season, I believe it was, with the Angels. So I've had that issue before when I was with the Orioles. Frank Thomas, if you remember back, he had some foot injury uh, issues at the end of his career. Our doctor said there's no way he's playing this year. Uh, he went and hit over 40 homers for the Open A's. So there's two where it really didn't work out very well for me, I can tell you that. Hey, you know, uh, there's there's so much movement, but the rule changes – are also going to be something we're going to pay close attention to. Which rule do you think will have the biggest impact on the game? I think that the <laughs> the biggest adjustment for team, for players is going to be the pitch clock. And I think it's actually going to be pitch clock, hit clock, hitter's clock. Like I think the hitter's going to be affected as much as the, the pitchers. I mean, these guys got to stay in the batter's box, which they don't do a lot of times. Uh, you know, pitcher, I think, a lot of times going to – use the clock to their advantage. I've heard Max Scherz or Justin Verler and some of the top ones and you know, pitchers in the game say that they're going to use it to their advantage. So um, I, I think that that's going to be fascinating to watch. I, I don't know if we're going to see, you know, as dramatic of a reduction of the time of game like we saw in the minors. I think it was like 20 minutes or so reduction. I do think you're going to see the pace be better, uh, the pace pick up. And I don't know if we're going to see quite as dominant of a pitching from the pitching side of things, you know, with them kind of uh, getting extra time to kind of recover from that last pitch, I, I, I'm kind of curious how that's going to look. I think that has the overall biggest impact. I, I, I'm a big fan of eliminating the overshift, so I'm glad that's out. 
I think the left-handed hitters will be, you know, we've seen this a lot, that they'll be impacted on the, on the on a good side of things. But I, I think the pitch clock has the, the chance to be the most impactful of the rules. With the overshift going away, who has the biggest advantage? Is it uh, other, from a pitching standpoint? Is it do is this going to hurt pitch to contact type of pitchers? I think it is. Yeah, I think they're going to be the ones imp- impacted the most. It, just because the data is so good now. I wish we had this type of data. We we used to employ you know, the advanced scout, you know, and he'd go in for a, a, a five game or six game series, and he'd have to chart where the ball was hit and, you know, a lot of times it was hit or miss and, and, and whether he was accurate enough. Now we've got, you know, a bat after a bat after a bat, and you can do years of a bat, you can do it by month. And, and it was so, so precise. You'd have guys, you know, now the overshift playing in perfect, perfect spot. So those, those pitch to contact guys, um, you know, it, it was another level for them advantage wise to be able to uh, not only to, to control bat speed, uh, but, um, also get outs, you know, on hard hit balls right at guys because the positioning was there. So I, I personally think they're going to be the most impacted from the pitching side. Yeah, Jim. Before we get out of here, give me your thoughts on the Cardinals and their off season, and what are you looking for from them this season? Well, I, listen. I, I think when when you look at what they did, their major need was was finding a replacement behind the plate. I really like Contreras. I think his offense is going to be what they're looking for defensively no one can stack up to Yachty um you know I, I think that's that's almost impossible but I, I do think that um you know when you look at what they did um on on that front um I think that's that's more than enough for what they needed I didn't think they needed to do much anyway so um I, I think well having some of their young guys you know uh mature develop the way uh, you know, and, and seeing New Bar play maybe more full time on a regular basis. Hopefully, Carlson has a better season. Uh, you know, I think that there's some things that they can get better at internally. Um, but I, I really felt like the key spot for them was was fill the, the the catching spot, and I think they did that. So they're going to be they're going to be for me. They're still the front runner to win the division. I think they're one of the top five or six teams in the in the National League, and. You know, we'll see. They'll, they'll be active at the trade deadline like they have been the last couple of years. He is Jim Duquette, longtime baseball executive. You hear him now on MLB Network Radio. Jim, thank you so much for your time. All right, anytime, guys. Thank, thank you, you, Jim. That's Jim Duquette. This is a countdown to opening day. Up next, Cardinals TV analyst Brad Thompson joins us on the Cardinals Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The countdown to opening day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX.
The countdown to opening day show rolling on alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. The 26th Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up is coming to Bush Stadium in Ballpark Village this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. For more information about the kickoff to the 2023 Cardinals baseball season and to purchase admission and autograph tickets, go to cardinals.com slash WWU. You might just run into this guy at uh, Winter Warm-Up. He's also going to be out on a Cardinals caravan. He's going to be at spring training before you know it as well. He is a Cardinals analyst. Brad Thompson, a former Cardinal, now doing work for Bally Sports Midwest. Brad, really, it's right around the corner. We're all going to be uh, in Jupiter, and spring training is going to be getting underway. Boy, it happens quick, doesn't it? It's amazing how fast uh, the offseason really ends up going. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this. I'm sure you guys have talked about it as well. It it always feels like like the season is upon us once, like, the winter warm-up is upon us. And, And here we are. So, uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be going here quickly, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm already bored. You know, Brad, I'm looking forward to the competition. I mean, with the exception of first, third, and catching, the competition on for the Cardinals this year is going to be pretty good going into spring training. It is for sure, man. It's going to be intriguing, specifically the outfield, right? But we look at you look at uh, shortstop. I mean, Tommy Edmonds, the guy. Uh, second base will be interesting between uh, Gorman. You know, it, does he make the adjustments that he needs to to get the at bats there? And certainly, uh, there's at bats to be had at the the DH spot. And you know that Donovan can play everywhere. And I love the fact that they got a new Gold Glove that's got his name on it for the utility player. But the outfield is going to be intriguing. I don't know about you guys. I thought that was the one thing that I knew about the Cardinals last year coming into the season was that they finally have that figured out. Like, they have their outfield from left to right. You feel great about O'Neal coming off of his 2021 season where he was the eighth in the MVP voting. You knew that Harrison Bader was going to lock it down in center, and you believed that Dylan Carlson coming into his age 23 season, this was going to be the time that he just took off. And those things didn't happen. We all know the year that Tyler had, I think he had five different stints on the I.L., but struggled even when he was healthy. Harrison gets traded off for Montgomery, and Dylan struggled specifically uh, against uh, you know the, the righties. So there is going to be a, a camp where I think that Ollie's not afraid of this. It's, it's one where if you perform, I think you're going to get opportunities. We saw Lars Newbar at the end of the year really take advantage of his opportunity. I know you guys uh, got a chance to catch up with him, and I love the energy he brings. I love the fact that He drives the ball. He hits the ball hard consistently. He's got a good eye. I mean, right now, guys, if I had to pick one player in that outfield that I feel confident, like I I know what I'm going to get out of it, I think it would be Newt Barr. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think the way he finished last season and and continued to make adjustments makes him a guy that you, you really are looking forward to watching. And, you know, here's the other thing, Brad. He played some pretty good defense. He threw out a few runners during the course of the year. I mean, fundamentally, he's a very sound baseball player. Yeah, I think when you when you look at some of the numbers, and I know you guys dig into all that stuff too, like his arm strength is up there. He gets good jumps on the baseball, and I think that he'll continue to grow. And, I mean, this is a guy that could easily be manning center field for you. I think that he ranges that well. So he brings that element. And then, you know, the, the other element is – what is Jordan Walker going to be? Like, what does that look like? He's going to come into spring training at 20 years old with a legitimate opportunity to make this ball club. And it's not just putting on, like, the, the Cardinal red glasses and be like, ah, this, he's going to be great. This is the guy. You look around nationally, you read, uh, you, you read, you talk to people, and I know that you guys, you know, talk to various, whether it's scouts, executives, 
the baseball world is so high on this young kid who's got an advanced approach, again, at the age of 20 years old. And I, I think it's going to be fun to, first of all, just get our eyes on it and the fans get their eyes on Jordan Walker in the spring training setting. But it's also going to be interesting to see how he deals with that kind of that stress of knowing that if he performs at that level, that he might be on the team. I think it's a, a great test for the young man. You alluded to it, but it's kind of odd just in the sense that the 40-man roster is probably as deep as it's been in a really long time. But at the same time, in positions like the outfield, there aren't guys with year-over-year track records. So there's good and there's also bad in that. There is. There is. And look, if you're one of the guys on the outside that really aren't getting talked about, you love it. If you're Moises Gomez, who got put on the 40-man, yeah. who led the minor leagues with 39 home runs, you're sitting here and say, all right, perfect. There is nothing set in stone. Now, if you're the Cardinals as an organization, you you would really like someone to emerge. And that was the thought with O'Neill and Dylan specifically this year, uh, this past year, that you thought that they were going to make those strides. You didn't see it for you know for one reason or the other, and certainly health has a lot to do with that. And I believe that DC is going to have a, a big year, but that's what they need. Like they have the you can see it right when you're looking at the lineup and you're throwing the names in there, and however you like your lineup, whoever you like at the top of it, maybe it's Donovan for you, some for some like Newt Barb, you know the meat of the order, what that looks like with Goldie Arenado Contreras, uh, who's I mean obviously that's going to be fun to watch him. But you can see it if O'Neill looks anything like he did two years ago and D.C. starts making those strides, and maybe it's, it's Newt or Jordan Walker. Like, this has a chance to be one of the deeper lineups in the NL, especially with the meat that they have right there in the middle of it. But is it going to happen or not? I mean, that's what we're waiting to find out if those pieces on the outside become key pieces. Two things for Brad Thompson with Bally Sports, and he's going to be seen and heard a lot more on Bally's. But, hey, Brad, when you look at the pitching, I'm of the belief that this team still needs an experienced closer to go along with Ryan Helsley because the way the game is working today, you know, you can't run out your closer every night and expect him to have anything left when, come, when July rolls around. Uh, who do you like to fill that role? Is it Jordan Hicks? Is it somebody else that we're not thinking about? You know, I, I think that we're gonna. You're still gonna see Giovanni Gallegos mm-hmm. uh, really serve uh, in that role. And you want to talk about intrigue? The slowest worker yes. in Major League <laughs> Baseball in Giovanni Gallegos. How he how he adapts to the new rules. Spring training is going to be a lot of fun to watch. See how much he can pick up his pace. I do believe that that ends up being a big part of what you're doing. Uh, but I think that we could see Hicks. Uh, uh, his ability, I think he showed, especially a little bit later as he came back off injury, the ability to throw some strikes, uh, throw more strikes. I am interested uh, to see, too, what we're going to get out of Zach Thompson. Now, Are they going to utilize he and Palante out of the bullpen? Uh, are they going to be swing options where they provide some depth? But, I, I, I mean, I, in a perfect world, Claves, to your point, you'd love to be able to add another proven, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that the bullpen, as we all know, is the easiest thing midstream to fix. Like trade deadline, you could fix the bullpen. If you needed a piece, if you believe you needed one. I like the bunch of arms they're bringing in. I really want to get, uh, get some eyes on a couple of guys. Uh, one that they picked up in the Rule 5 draft in Wilking Rodriguez that they liked. They had eyes on him a couple of years ago, weren't able to acquire him. Uh, from his team in Mexico, and Guillermo Zaniga as well. A, a couple of high-octane arms. What are they going to look like? I'm not sure. Zaniga, uh, Zaniga, by the way, is 6'5", 230. I mean, he's a beast, so you, you wonder what you get out of him. But I think they have enough depth in that pen, and I think they have enough swing guys 
to eat up some of those innings. Because the idea of, like, the prototypical closer, guys, we've seen that evolve over the last couple of years, and it's been more of a rotating door. They got one of the most dominant arms in baseball in Helsley. But it's evident the way that they use him, and they're not just using him like that because they want to. They believe it's going to keep him healthy. You're right. He's not going to be in there every day, and the Cardinals have a chance to be in a lot of tight games. Again, goes back to opportunity. Who's going to step up and fill those voids? He is Brad Thompson, part of the broadcast crew with uh, Bally Sports Midwest. A big weekend coming up. Now, you're on one of the caravans, right? I am. I am for sure. I'm going to Mattoon, Illinois. Don't call it Mattoon. It's Mattoon. I'm going to Mattoon, Illinois, Springfield, Decatur, and Centralia. That's a good trip. That's it a, is good a good trip. trip. I've I like that it. one a handful of times. Awesome. Great stuff. Brad, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, fellas. Yeah, you guys take care. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. You got it, Brad. That's Cardinals TV analyst Brad Thompson. On the way next, we're joined by Keith Costas. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. We continue on the Countdown to Opening Day show. My name's Matt Pauley. I am alongside of Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne. Do want to remind you about ticket packs and all-inclusive tickets. They are on sale. You can uh, get the multi-game packs, which are all focused around high-demand games and top promotional items, or you can get that VIP feel with the all-inclusive tickets. Get all the details at cardinals.com. Right now, we welcome on another guest. Very happy to welcome onto the program Keith Costas. He is a senior researcher at MLB Network, part of the show, The Hot Stove Show. Keith, thanks so much for taking some time. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Keith, you are a busy man because the season is just around the corner as far as spring training. WBC is going to have an interesting twist. And I think we've got most of the big-name players are assigned for a free agency. So what's next for you? Yeah, I mean, just counting down, you mentioned it, the WBC shortens up the offseason for us around here. And I know that, uh, you know, we missed the last iteration of it because of COVID. It's been a few years, a few years longer than usual, at least since we had a WBC. But I really think it's a great event, especially with the venues that they're going to be conducting it at this year, particularly in Miami. You get that kind of Latin community down in Miami with, you know, Venezuela is going to be there, the Dominican, Puerto Rico in that first pool, and then hopefully you get – you know, teams like the U.S. and Japan and all the big boys involved at the end. And it really is a great atmosphere. I know people talk about, you know, livening up baseball a lot, and this isn't the same as regular season baseball. It's not trying to be the same as regular season baseball. But if you're a hardcore baseball fan, it's a pretty entertaining atmosphere to watch a game in. So that's something to look forward to. And then off and running with the regular 162. Mark DeRosa spoke at the winter meetings. He's going to be managing the U.S. team in the WBC. It really feels like... They're not going there just to participate. There's a lot of guys who are on this team, on this roster, because they absolutely want to go out and win it all. Yeah, Dero's been fired up. It's an opportunity he's been looking for, and it's a great opportunity in the WBC to get his feet wet managing. And I've been around him a little bit this offseason, and he's on the phone constantly, just like these GMs of the 30 major league teams are trying to put a roster together. So, yeah, no shortage of uh, star power for the U.S. Yeah, the U.S. is going to be loaded, but I think all these teams, when you look at them, because you see a lot more guys that are playing for another country, uh, you think of like a Tommy Edmonds going to play for Korea, Lars Utbar is going to play for Japan. I mean, so you're getting some big league players on some other countries that you normally wouldn't think about uh, as far as competition is concerned. Yeah, I knew Tommy Edmonds' connection. Lars caught me off guard a little bit playing for Japan, but you see uh, once these U.S. rosters shake out, you see where guys can get in 
with some of their other connections and family ties. That's always interesting to see. You know, you see Freddie Freeman in the past playing for Canada, things like that. So, yeah, I think people are surprised once it actually rolls around just how much talent there is when you get even past those top-tier teams, the ones we mentioned earlier. One of the biggest national stories has been just the saga involving Carlos Correa. And as we record this interview, it appears that he's headed back to Minnesota <laughs> after it did not work at a couple other places. Unbelievable. Yeah, what do you take away from this entire situation and how this whole thing played out? I mean, I don't think it's hyperbole to say it's one of the craziest free agent situations that I can remember. And there's certainly people that have been around the game a lot longer than me that are saying the same. I mean, to sign with two teams – And then to end up right back where he started, I mean, he signed three free agent contracts this winter. I saw someone quip earlier that Carlos Correa made more free agent signings this winter than the Cardinals did, which is true (laughs) when you think about it, I guess. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting situation for sure. I mean, you had one team schedule a press conference for him out in San Francisco. You had another team's owner on the record talking about how much they need him. And in the end, he ends up right back where he started in Minnesota. I mean, one thing that would have been interesting for me just being a guy who's in New York locally and gets to spend a lot of time up at City Field and Yankee Stadium is, you know, the Yankee fans already hate this guy for the way things went down in Houston. It would have been pretty interesting to see him coming in for the Subway Series on an annual basis, but I guess we'll have to wait for, uh, wait for the Twins to come into town to get their kicks in on him. Hey, Keith, you know, we, we saw a lot of movement this year in the offseason with regard to free agency. Uh, who do you think helped themselves the most? And, and maybe it's not from the amount of money they spent. But as far as making one move to another, who do you think helped themselves the most? I mean, there's a lot of teams we could choose from, but I think it's hard not to like what the Padres did. And it's really not about particular moves they made this offseason, although I do like what they did this offseason. But just the whole momentum that they've had going in recent years, obviously everything hasn't gone to plan with how things at the Chiefs have played out. But finally getting over that hump a couple years ago where they played competitive with the Dodgers, then the Dodgers end up knocking them out in the COVID year, fast forward to last year, and they do actually beat them in a postseason series, maybe starting to even things out in that what's been a lopsided NL West. You know, even when the Giants and Padres have emerged, it's always been the Dodgers that have come out on top at the end of the year. So I think just keeping that pedal to the metal out in the West and really putting some pressure on the Dodgers and not letting up. And I mean, they've got a million shortstops on the roster. It's just going to be interesting to see how <laughs> Everything plays out when Tatis gets back. I guess he's going to go to the outfield. But with Bogarts and Machado and Hassan Kim played a good shortstop last year. He's going to move over to second. Cronenworth going from second to first. Just their kind of willingness to do the unconventional and reimagine their team, I think that's kind of the way you have to approach it when you've got a stalking horse like the Dodgers in front of you. So I'm interested to see how that NL West plays out. And I think it's good to have you know teams on both coasts, especially in the National League, that are really going all in like that. Speaking of going all in, you look at the Padres, you look at the Mets, you look at the Phillies, you look at these teams that are spending so much money. Are they changing what it's going to take to play and compete at the highest level in baseball? Uh, I think they are, but for the purposes of this conversation and the Cardinals' focus, you know, I think they're lucky that they play in the division that they do. That's all going on around them, but at the end of the day, as the postseason expands, we saw it last year with the Phillies, get in and see how things go. And the Cardinals really don't have that type of pressure being applied to them in the division. I mean, obviously the Cubs went out and did a handful of things. I like their offseason. I think most people do. But given where they were starting out, I think the Cardinals still have a pretty comfortable cushion in this division. And the team that's closest to them, the Brewers, isn't exactly going to push them from a financial perspective. So, yes, I do think this is changing how things operate at the top end of the sport, obviously, when you see some of the dollars thrown around that you guys referenced. But – 
in terms, in the context of this conversation for the Cardinals, I don't know how much it's really going to affect them in the Central. Yeah, you know, Keith, I think they're kind of waiting until the games really get underway, and I'm talking about June, July, August, and really having a chance to assess their team by then because they have so many people they yes. want to take a long look at, whether it's Nolan Gorman as a DH or as a second baseman. What do you play Brendan Donovan? The outfield is up for grabs right now. And then there's Jordan Walker, who everybody's anxious to see and what he can contribute this year. So I don't think there's a great urgency for the Cardinals to do anything now compared to later in the year when they actually know what they need. I completely agree, especially on the position player side, Claves. We talked about it this morning on Hot Stove on LB Network, actually. The Cardinals were a team that we highlighted just coincidentally today. And some of those things you just mentioned were top of my list, too. There's a lot of intrigue here on the position player side. Obviously, Contreras coming in for Molina, but you mentioned Donovan. You know, what does he look like in that second year? I brought up this morning how much his profile that first full season reminded me and others, obviously. People in St. Louis know this, but the similarities and how he came up with Carpenter. And then you think about Carpenter taking over second base in that sophomore season, which is the same opportunity Donovan's going to have here. And then you talked about Gorman. To me, you know, I was looking forward last year to potentially seeing a platoon combo of Yepes and Gorman right out of the shoot as, as the DH situation. That was obviously was until Albert showed up, and then Albert showed up and eventually locked down pretty much all of those at-bats by the middle of the season, and rightfully so. But the Yepes-Gorman duo there, potentially you know combining forces in a platoon situation, I think is very intriguing. And then the other one, obviously, is Lars Newpar. You know, we've seen him struggle at times, and we saw him go on a fairly long, sustained run last year What's he going to be this year? I've got pretty high hopes for him, and it seems like the Cardinals do too, based on some of the report, reporting about how hesitant they were to include him in any potential deals. So, yeah, I think for the first time in a while, there's a pretty wide delta in terms of what this supporting cast can do. I mean, in years past, I think we've had a good feel for what they were going to get from those secondary players. There's some intrigue here for me this year, and I, I tend to think it's going to turn out well for them. I like a lot of the mix that they have on the position player side. Keith Costa, senior researcher at MLB Network, part of the uh, weekday morning hot stove show joining us. Keith, thank you so much for your time. We'll catch up again with you very soon. And say hello to Lauren for us. Will do. Got it, guys. Hopefully I'll see you in the season of some You got point. it, man. That's Keith Costas here on Countdown to Opening Day alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. Another break. When we come back, John Denton, who covers the Cardinals for Cardinals.com and MLB.com, joins us here on the Cardinals Radio Network. The Countdown to Opening Day show continues with Matt Pauley and Mike Claiborne on KMOX. Countdown to opening day continues alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. The Cardinals Caravan, presented by Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, is back on the road for 2023. Get the latest scoop on the upcoming season from players, alumni, and broadcasters, plus raffle prizes and autographs for the kids. For more information, cardinals.com slash caravan. We continue on with the program. Happy to welcome on right now. He covers the Cardinals, writes about the Cardinals for MLB.com. He is John Denton. John, thanks for coming on the show. Matt, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure for being here. Well, John, it's been a very interesting offseason for the Cardinals. Uh, they got the catcher that they were in search of, but there's still a lot of holes and a lot of, well, I won't say holes, but a lot of questions still to be asked about how this roster is going to look like when we start spring training. What do you think? Yeah, you know, they, they, they definitely kicked their, their number one need. They got the catcher they wanted. Uh, I talked to John Mazalock yesterday. He said there were a couple of things that they wanted to do. Uh, you know, it just didn't line up. Uh, the, the cost was more than the, the value they were getting in return. So there were some things they didn't do. I think they're still in the hunt 
they're, they're still looking for swing and miss out of the bullpen. Uh, there, there's still some trade possibilities. You know, now it's kind of if you basically if you whiffed in free agency, now you go the trade route. You know, that could be an option for the Cardinals. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, they ticked their number one box, which was getting a catcher. They got the best catcher on the market. Uh, other things that, you know, I know a lot of fans wanted to be done. It just didn't happen yet. But, uh, you know, baseball is coming soon, and this is pretty much the roster they're going to take to Jupiter. Do you get the sense that they want to maybe get questions answered early on in spring training before maybe they make that next move at some point in season? Yeah, you know, there's there's always questions going into spring training. You know, I, I think they want to know what they have in the outfield. I mean, that's. That's the most intriguing thing to me going into spring training is how is the outfield going to shake out? I mean, there's a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound monster who's coming, and he's coming to earn a, earn a job. And you know, it, it's going to be great to see how Jordan Walker competes. Uh, you know, how does he embrace the the, the fight for a job every day? How is Dylan Carlson? going to embrace the, the battle to win a job how is tyler o'neill going to bounce back and try to win his job uh you know so I, I think they're going to know early on who's ready you know who's ready to grab one of those outfield spots and you know john mazay like said yesterday he said basically it's just going to come down to who plays the best you know that there, there's not a lot of currency going in so whoever plays best in the spring is going to grab those outfield spots and i, I think that's the biggest question mark of this team is going into camp Interesting situation unfolding today with Trevor Story with the uh, Boston Red Sox with Tommy John, a Tommy John issue. He may not be available until the middle of the season. You don't think uh, the Red Sox will be calling John Mosellock inquiring about a shortstop, do you? <laughs> they very well could. You know, at the winter meeting, uh, uh, John Mosellock told us that, you know, surprisingly, even surprisingly to him, that Paul DeYoung were, you know, there was a lot of interest around the league. And, you know, I think a lot of teams around the league know that Paul DeYoung can be your everyday shortstop. He can, he can be really, really good in the field. You know, whether he's going to hit or not is the question. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of teams, based on his past, may be willing to gamble. Uh, you know, there are a lot of teams that whiffed on free uh, shortstop in the summer. Uh, now, now a major shortstop has gone down. Somebody's going to take a chance on Paul DeYoung, and if he's in St. Louis, he's going to play some third. He's going to play some first. He's going to play some second. Uh, you know, with the World Baseball Classic, Nolan Arenado is going to be gone. Paul Goldschmidt's going to be gone. That's going to offer more opportunities. Tommy Edmonds is going to be gone. That's going to offer Paul DeYoung a lot of opportunities if, if he's still on the roster going to Jupiter. You got the opportunity to talk with uh, John Mosellock. What was the thing that maybe he said to you that most jumped out? Well, he's delighted that Wilson Contreras is not going to play for his, you know, for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. Not that he didn't want him to be able to represent his country. He wants, you know, he wants Contreras in camp, learning all the pitchers, working with the staff every day. Uh, you know, first year with the team, he wants him getting familiarized with that pitching staff. And you know, we all know Adam Wainwright's going to be gone. Uh, Miles Michaelis is going to be gone, but the rest of that staff, you know, he, he wants to see him working with those guys every day. Uh, so that that was a big positive. Uh, you know, Mo was relieved that, that Wilson Contreras is going to be in his first camp with the Cardinals, not going to be playing with Venezuela. And you know, that was something they talked to him about, how the importance of, of that first year and building that camaraderie with the, with the pitchers. And, you know, so the Cardinals are going to go into camp with that plus. Yeah, and you know the plus here is that Wainwright and Michaelis really don't need, they can call their own game. So uh, yeah. getting a feel for those guys is probably something he doesn't have to worry about. But you're right about a lot of these other young pitchers that the Cardinals are going to roll out. And uh, I think it's an important time for him. And I'm, I'm glad, like Mo is, that he's going to stick around Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. You, you need him with the guys. You know, he's, he's a new guy to the team. Uh, you know, he needs to know what the Cardinal culture is all about. You know, sure, he's seen it from the outside with the Cubs. 
He's talked to Jose Quintana, but, you know, he needs to catch Connor Thomas. He needs to catch Ryan Helsley. He needs to catch, uh, you know, Dakota Hudson and those guys and see what they like to throw in certain spots and what their ball does. You know, he's a veteran catcher. He's done it all. But, you know, you can't overstate that that first training camp with a new club. And, you know, that was a big issue for the Cardinals, and, and they got that one checked going into camp. Hey, you know, going off the reservation here for a second, uh, our division, with the additions that the Chicago Cubs have made, have they moved in front of Milwaukee as far as being the second-best team in the division now? <laughs> well, Mike, I, th- I think 70 wins may be the second-best team in the division. Yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals may have already clinched the title before they even hit Jupiter. Uh, yeah, they probably have. But, I mean, in typical Cubs fashion, Nico Horner was their best player last season by a lot of counts. A uh, guy who they thought was going to win a gold glove at shortstop and – what do the Cubs do? They go, go get a shortstop. Short so, you know, that's that's typical of the Cubs. Uh, you know, it, it's, a lot of the moves they make just baffle me. You know, for years and years it's been that way. But, yeah, the Cubs are going to be better. The Cubs are trying to compete. Uh, you know, it, it depends on whether Bellinger is going to hit or not. Uh, he's going to be a good center fielder for them. But is he going to hit? You know, is he going to hit 191? Or is he going to get back to the guy who hit 35, 40 home runs? Uh, that has a lot to do with it if – you know, Swanson's a guy who's been healthy, is going to be a good player, but, you know, Wrigley Field's a different monster. He's going to have to see if he can see if he can adjust to Wrigley Field and, and play him there. So I think the Cubs will be better. I think they'll probably be the second-best team in the division, but, you know, that's kind of like being the short, <laughs> tallest little person, being the second person <laughs> in the – being the second-place second team in the NL Central. <laughs> We don't want to get you out of here without asking about the Riders' dinner. That's going to be coming up on a Sunday night. Is there still any availability for people to get tickets? You know, there were just two tickets that just came available for for the lunch for the banquet. Uh, VIP tickets. Uh, man, I, I would jump on these if I was a fan. You get to have a Q and A with Ali Marmol, the Cardinals' young manager, who is a just a rising star in, in Major League Baseball, and then Rick Hummel. Rick Hummel is one of the finest writers, finest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, you know, he's going to talk about his Hall of Fame career. I think there's uh, 10 to 15 seats left. So, you know, if you're a Cardinal fan, if you're a baseball fan, uh, you know, you've got to be at this event. You're going to get to watch the NL MVP get his trophy for the first time. You know, Paul Goldschmidt's going to receive his MLB National League MVP trophy at that banquet. So, you know, if you're a Cardinal fan, you got to you got to be at that event. St. Louis BBWAA.com is the website to still get those tickets. He is uh, John Denton, Cardinals.com, MLB.com. John, thank you so much for your time. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Take All care. All right, John. Take care. That's MLB.com, a Cardinals beat writer, John Denton, joining us on the program. Let's go ahead and do another giveaway. You want to win one of those Cardinals calendars? Caller number five on the contest line, 314-955-1120. Caller number five is the winner. Up next, we wrap up this edition of Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on KMOX. Started to wrap things up here on Countdown to Opening Day alongside of Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. And, Claves, before we get out of here, we can't not talk about the latest developments in the Carlos Correa situation. <laughs> Maybe the third time is the charm as it looks like he's headed back to Minnesota to sign with the Twins. Well, it's not official until he signs something <laughs> because we've gone down this path twice before. Um, you and I had a good discussion about him last week and just the liability, apparently, that was created with his past injuries that he couldn't pass a physical. 
And I think that maybe when more, you look back at it, the contract, the language, I'm sure, is going to be intriguing as far as uh, is this, are these hard dollars, this total of $200 million, or is, are there some incentives plugged in as well? So until we actually have a chance to really look at the contract, um, it's, it's something that I think we better hold our breath on because I'm not sure how this thing is going to set up. But it, it's amazing how he was one and done in Minnesota, and everybody thought well, that's the last we'll see of him. They're the only team that took a chance on him because maybe they saw him enough to trust their eyes and just rolling the dice with regard to his injury situation. But I'd love to see that contract with regard to or their bonuses for X amount of games that he plays. This weekend, big weekend again, winter warm-up, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Ballpark Village and Bush Stadium, cardinals.com slash WWU for all the details. And then uh, the Cardinal Caravan, six caravans going out all throughout Cardinals Nation, cardinals.com slash caravan. Claves, this is like, off-season's over. This is our final off-season edition. Yep. Things pick up now. And next week when we talk, I'll be in Florida making sure the grass is green there. We'll, we'll, I'll give you a report okay. on that as well. We'll look forward to that. All good. Appreciate your time as always, All right, man. That's Mike Claiborne. I'm Matt Pauley. This is Countdown to Opening Day on the Cardinals Radio Network.